This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of NRL Boom Rookies. Alongside with me, as always, 60% of the time, he works every time. It's Mitch Doyle. <laughs> G'day everybody. And the Sex Panther himself, Del Roots. Oh, that's very kind of you. Incorrect, but I'll take it. <laughs> Look, better Sex Panther than Sex Pest. I'll take it this week. Yeah, Anchorman holds up. Anchorman 2, not so much. No, horrible. Oh, what anyway. about, isn't Anchorman like 1.5 in there somewhere? That weird... Yeah, the, oh, the, 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 the first the, one. The Lost Legend of Ron Burgundy, whatever it is. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> that that also so, holds up. Because it's, it's got a scene where Steve Carell's eating a rolled up coffee filter filled with cigarette butts and says it's a delicious burrito, which just kills me every time. Jeez. <laughs> holds up. Yep. Yeah. Still good gear. Yeah. Uh, anyway, this is our all-question podcast, another all-question podcast. Um, if you're listening to this, it was obviously a couple of days after we've released our Toddcast with the news of Todd Greenberg being relieved of his duties at the NRL, obviously taking a little bit of precedence over over the over the question time episode. But um, yeah, this will be in your ears now. And um, yeah, we'll have a couple more podcasts to you over the, over the next few days as well. I'm apologizing in advance if the audio quality is not as good as you guys have come to expect. As you know, we're all following the lockdown rules rigorously and recording uh, remotely. So um, I've got the mixer and the microphone here, but uh, the boys are stuck at their houses and that's why you might not get as quite a sensual audio experience as you used to, but nevertheless, we're going to do our best. Yeah, I've got a, um, I've got a $7 mic from AliExpress. It looks like 100 bucks, but yeah, it's just it's, what's underneath it, not so great, but it'll do the job. And Dale's on the, on the AirPods? Uh, so, yeah. yeah, wireless headphones. Yeah. So, so it, it it looks amazing, but underneath it's not that good. So it's the Tom Burgess of microphones. <laughs> I mean, was it Tom Burgess it that we saw the underneath of? No, Ooh. hey, 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 <laughs> hey. Because I mean, that, that was, was a good that was a, that was a hundred that was a hundred dollar microphone. Put it that way. Oh, fucking <laughs> <hell>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, we've got all of our questions. Um, first of all, Mitchell, you'd like to give a shout out to our uh, Patreons? Do I? Do I? Do I? I'm going to shout them out first. Of all. I, will, I will mention that we are planning on doing, suggested by one of our patrons, uh, our good friend Susie. Uh, anyway, they suggested that she wants to see us do a uh, like a watch party, a watch along of one of the games. So the three of us idiots will host one of those for the patron subscribers probably sometime next week. That'll replace doing a bonus Patreon podcast, but we'll do some form of live watch. Maybe we'll put even put a poll in on Patreon for what games you guys want to want to watch. And uh, yeah, you if you want to get involved and listen to watch a game with us, uh, just subscribe on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash annual boom rookies to get involved. Yeah, please do. Are you serious? Yeah. We're gonna have any questions. Okay, so here we go with the, with the questions today. So we'll start with Patreon subscriber questions. And I'm looking forward to to reading on my own in the room. Maybe I can read better with less pressure. I don't think so, but we'll start with our good friend Dave Messonosco Ozil. He says, question for Dale. Mm. How good was the prelim in Canberra last year? In particular, oh. how good was it when Papali scored? It was. <sighs> Look, we spoke earlier in the pod about sensual experiences. And, you know, I've had a lot of experiences in my life, some of which were sensual. And this was right up there. <laughs> uh, uh, counterpoint, it, it, it sucked. 
I, I I said this on Twitter a few days ago, but like I was genuinely relieved that we did not drive over the lake because you were yeeting yourself into the great beyonds. Yeah, I thought about it. I thought yeah. about it. That was probably no, the lowest was... I've ever seen you after a sport. After well, sport, because like I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't like the prelim the year before where the Roosters just gave it to us and they deserved to win. We choked. We choked away this game badly. Yeah, fair. Ah, damn it. Just for Parley dressed down, poor Cam Murray. Oh, and and oh, the, the the tackle that Cook tries to make, and just as he as he bre- he breaks the breaks Cook's tackle, and you can just see the fear in Cook's eyes. He's, yeah, he we knows were, he's done it. I was talking with um friend of the show Jack Cronin yesterday about our five k times and our pursuit of trying to catch John Bateman. Um, but we're both probably we both fuck up. We're both pleasantly surprised that we were already faster than Josh Papali's 5K time, but we joked that if you dangled Damian Cook on a string in front of Josh Papali, he'd break the world record for a 5K. Yeah. I'd like to think he did it, like, just rolling in his car or something as slow as possible. He doesn't give a single shit about his 5K time, Josh Papali. That's it. Uh, Next question, Michael Gregson, our good friend Shanda, says, assuming that nine don't get rewarded for their conduct of late, oops, how would you like to see the NRL rights carved up and what is realistic? He wouldn't I can't care multiple imagine F- what he's talking about. That's it. He goes, I wouldn't care if multiple F- free-to-air networks had rights to the different marquee time slots, origin, etc. as long as we have a decent digital platform and the league makes a lot of money. It, I completely agree with that. Yeah, can't disagree with that. Look, it wouldn't... I know that Nine has for so long been the home of rugby league. I mean, say what you will about Fox, but like, it's not accessible to, to everybody. It, you know, Obviously, mm-hmm. it's, a pay, it's a pay-to-play content. Um, but it, it wouldn't, I, I, I look at other, uh, other broadcast arrangements specifically with like the NFL and I wouldn't mind if you had something like, you know, how the Super Bowl is on CBS one year, it's on Fox the, mm-hmm. the next year, it's on NBC the next year. Like if you were to have potentially something like that with, you know, if, if three networks wanted to go three ways in for origin, for example, so let's just say nine gets one origin one one year it gets origin two the next year it gets origin three the year after and that that cycles mm. through with or as you say like you get the marquee time slots so let's say channel 10 get god channel 10 having money is a bit of a laugh but um channel 10 getting let's say thursday nights and saturday 7 30s and then uh and then nine get friday nights and sunday evenings or sunday four o'clock so like if we were to divvy it up like that i wouldn't it diversifies the market and it would be going back to like when channel seven had the ashes one year or, you know, now nine have got the tennis. It just, it diversifies, it creates competition and it, it forces those networks to get better at what they should be doing well already. Yeah. And I'm with you on that. Um, Like I don't give a stuff who has the rights as long as I have live coverage across all games and I, it's accessible. That's pretty much all I care about. And the game makes the most money it can. But what you mentioned there, like, you know, 15 years ago, for example, the idea of cricket leaving Channel 9 would have been terrible to me because there was a pinnacle of broadcasting at that time for mine, of, of cricket broadcasting. For rugby league yeah. broadcasting right now, we're not losing shit if it goes away from Fox or 9. The commentary is not of a high standard. As long as I get to hear Vossi call some games, I'm happy. Yeah. And, like, the, pr- the production of games themselves, like, generally speaking, if you take if you strip away the actual quality on the field, like the games themselves are relatively well directed. There's enough cameras there. There's enough angles. It, it's fairly foolproof. It's not like AFL, for example, where you've got a 360 degree field of mm. play. 
there's only so much on field that you can do, in my opinion at least, with the, the actual broadcast of the game. And as you say, if you've got decent commentators, you've got, you've got say, you know, Fossey calling a few games, you've got decent analysis, you've got decent people, decent punditry, it doesn't really matter who who gets it. You can bring some bring some younger commentators through, or younger analysts through, or people mm. who aren't ex footy players or women. Crazy, right? Um, but like, as long <laughs> whoa, as you whoa, whoa, hang on, hang yeah, on. Okay, sorry. They got their they got their one show for one season on Fox. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, as long as we continue evolving, we the sport continue evolving TV wise. Then I couldn't care less. Yeah, and it's like, as you mentioned there, by the way, nine shooting uh, shots across the bow about uh, uh, the cost of the NRL. I mean, broadcast is one of those industries that costs are higher than they really need to be. You know, and I think we'll learn that from here on. With the coronavirus stuff, some some studios have realised they don't need to put 15 people in a studio to, to shoot a live TV program. But there is a model that is growing in some sports, like the NBL do it themselves, that they actually film and broadcast their own game and then it gets sold on to the broadcasters. There is a potential yeah. world in five years the NRL could be broadcasting all those games, and you won't notice too much. Like I know, as you said, AFL is three hundred and sixty degrees. If you watch a Queensland Cup game, for example, there, could, there might be two or three cameras at the game, and that's it. And it looks looks you don't really notice the difference. You don't need to have the, the yeah. level of, of broadcast coverage to have a good broadcast. It, it is one thing I find funny, specifically uh, about okay. rugby league, but about us. But about Australian sport in general, like it's one it's one thing I find funny when you get to the end of a broadcast, and usually if you're watching the NFL or you watch the Premier League, and it goes like the 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 preceding broadcast has been a blah 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 production of the NFL or production of the Premier League, all rights reserved. Like the sports don't own mm. this content; the broadcasters do. It's just one thing that I find confusing, mm. but you know, kind of quaint. Okay, and anyway, next question comes from Dave again. Which sports athletes do you think would be the funniest to watch if they were forced to play in a full contact NRL game against a top side? Funniest? Um, mm. uh, well, uh, horse racing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. Well, you call it a sport. That's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah. Shit, I'm up there. It's not a sport. Um, in that case, um, <laughs> gymnastics. I'd like to see some gymnastics. like... Some little Russian twink doing a somersault over the defensive line and scoring a try. I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm here to see, here to <laughs> I see, see Simone, Simone dunk on someone. I, I was ju- just thinking, like random, really tall NBA players, seven footers, and just see what happens. I just wanted yeah. to see what happens. I mean, that'd be pretty sweet. Just stick LeBron out on the wing, bomb to him. Nah, <laughs> yeah. put him see what happens. Let him work. That's it, mate. Uh, next question comes from Maddie McPherson. He said, if footy comes back on May 28, should that be the new Australia Day? Yes. Yes. Yes, wholeheartedly. Hmm. Yes, that was, yes is all round. Easy answer. <laughs> anyway, Rowan Edwards says, can you think of a player that had, if they'd not changed clubs, they might have been a bigger star? Yeah. Um, like anyone that leaves the storm? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good answer. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I mean, guess more more specifically, um, I, 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 I know I'm biased, but Chris Sandow, if he hadn't left South, I think they were more... just they were just getting good when he left. If you remember, he left at the end of 2011, and then from 2012 onwards, they were basically a juggernaut for a few years there. And a lot of that is on Adam Reynolds being great. But obviously, over those next couple of years, they got Michael Maguire in, and they got a lot better in the forward pack, and they brought through a lot of 
talented young backs like Dylan Walker and Alex Johnston as well. So I don't think if, if he hadn't left to go to para, he might have might have won a premiership. Who knows? Yeah, uh, Mitchell Smith's response on this on Patreon is a good one. He said, Adam Blair, if he stays at Melbourne or any player doesn't go to the Titans. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's basically the inverse of what I said. So, yeah. if you leave Melbourne yeah. or go to the Gold Coast, you're screwed. That's it. Um, and I do think your Sandow shout isn't too bad. I do want to say Corey Norman, even though he has turned out a bit of a star, yeah. and Sean Johnson. Again, he's got a, lot, a rising star, but if he was like – you know, full career warrior is a bit of a different story to being a warrior till 30-odd, you know? Yeah, I think that's that might be true. Another one, I, I another one I reckon, and again, another very much a South's tone to my answers, but Isaac Luke, I think, is another one. Yeah, fair, fair point. Like, obviously, he was there through the rise and, you know, didn't play in the premiership, but, you know. Why, he, why did you have to say that? Look, it's, it's a fair, look, am I rewriting history? No. <laughs> he got a ring. Sure, well, sure. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'll be so, watching like, a I mean, lot of it's that. Being, being not necessarily one club player, but like you know, if two or three more seasons. What's you know, yeah. what's a lot. Well, that's it. It's not even a one club player. He's asked like for me, and I'm going to say a lot about him today because I've watched a lot of Scott Prince the last yeah. <laughs> last two weeks. But if Scott Prince doesn't that. leave the Tigers, yeah, Scott Prince doesn't leave the Tigers. He was. He get, we all know he was a great half then, but he, he gets a little talked about a little more now and being a bigger star than what he was. Even though he went to the Titans and took them to a prelim, when his career ended, people stopped talking about Scott Prince. Hmm. Which is uh, a shame. Next question. It is a shame. Mitchell Smith says, is the idea of a 300-game player loss that's important in, recent, important in recent history? Smith cracking 400 games has something to do with it, but also players that are not seen as great to the game also take the shine off of it. Longevity doesn't yeah, equal greatness in his eyes. Yeah, I mean... I feel like that's a shot at John Sutton, so I'd like this question to be stricken from the record. But um, <laughs> um, uh, he he's definitely right. I mean, obviously, play the, with the advancements in sports science and the and the fact that seasons are longer now than they were previously. There's going to be so many more 300 gamers than there were a decade ago, and he's he's completely right that it was a huge deal in the 90s, and it's definitely not so much of a big deal now. I mean, there's plenty of guys sort of chugging along there in the 200s already who should probably get to 300. No worries. Who I guess won't be considered, uh, you know, legends of the game when they hang them up. Hmm. I think that's a okay, fair so point. Like the point that you make about longer seasons, like yeah, the seasons, like even if you go back to '95, the seasons were still 22 games. Obviously, if you take away players like who played in the '80s, you know, who played 300 games, who started their career in the in the '80s, for example, now you're playing tw- what? So yeah, eight, eight, I mean, eight, I, eight full seasons is two hundred games. So I, I've got a I've got a list open right now, and like like Mitch Orbison's going to get three hundred. Andrew McCulloch might get to three hundred. Oh, yeah. Aiden Tolman might get to three hundred. Mm. Matt Pryor might get to three hundred. James Tarmow might get to three hundred. Kevin Proctor's at two forty, and he's only thirty years old. He could get to three hundred. Ben Hunt could. Um, Joel Thompson could. Jesse Bromwich could. There's so many guys in this list, sort of hovering in the mid two hundreds, who are only either just just hit 30 or a couple of years either side and then you know you can play till you're 35 these days especially if you're a forward which a lot of these guys are yeah so yeah there's definitely quite a few guys on this list now who i could see getting to 300 easily well that the 300 club right now is 39 players you know it's not a lot of players but if you take it back to 2010 26 of them have happened since 2010 yeah yeah. so because i remember when i was young so Lockyer reached in 2009 he was only the 12th to do it but I remember build up to his being large. I remember build up to um, what's his name, Menzies being large a few years earlier. I remember Steve Price is having large build up same year as Lockyer. 
But then from that year onwards, it just from like it, like I said, twenty six since two thousand and ten, and since twenty fifteen, there's been eighteen. Yeah, that's four and, seasons. And, there's, had and there's, there's there's at least twenty guys on this list who, if they play two or three more seasons, will get there as well. So the the list, the three hundred club, could double within a decade. Yeah, like the point that you make yeah, about about there being so many since since twenty ten, before two thousand, there were five. That's and yeah, and, and like, yeah, there's 34 since then. So, and we've we're only you know 20 years down the road. We're at 120 years into this, got 112 years into this competition, and the first hundred, the first 90 years, only five men played 300 games. That's it, man. Like you know, Jeff Gerrard hit it in 1989, and, and no one hit it for another five years after that. And people think you know, and then after another four years, so the first nine years, there's only three people hit it. But you think um, you think it'll never be hit when the 300 games happen. Same thing people think about Cam Smith right now. It was never going to get hit. 400 games are going to get hit by more players. It'll be a larger club in the future. You know, five years on the track, as Bunga mentioned, one of those random players will bloody hit it. Yeah. Good question, though, Mitch. Uh, yeah. Next question, we go to Matty McPay again. He says, Stacey Jones was Australian. Would he be remembered as one of the greats or like yes. at all? Absolutely. He yeah. was fantastic. He was in, the, in like my sort of formative years of rugby league. He was right up there with my favorite players around that time. Um, he was awesome. He he is those early two thousands Warriors teams to me, and um, he was just fantastic. Yeah. He was, and, and he didn't play in a lot of great teams for that Warriors. Like when the Warriors when he got there, there wasn't a great side, but he did play in big games. Like, you know, in two thousand and two, they went to the grand final, as everyone knows. Didn't finish the career with a winning record there, but as you said, for five or six years there, he was the club. And then remember, he came back after in what two thousand and nine, and he and he wasn't crash up, but he was still decent. You know, as older Stacey Jones, you know, I think if he was an Australian or at least played for a more noteworthy club, we'd all talk about Stacey yeah. Jones a bit more. Yeah, he's, he's, he's in New Zealand's top five players of all time. Well, yeah. and the other thing is, like, you mentioned 2002, he scores a sick try in that grand final to take them ahead with half an hour to go. And then obviously it all falls apart for them. And we don't really remember that grand final with much memory apart from Richard Villasani smashing Brad Fittler. But, um, the Warriors were winning with half an hour to go, and this was on the back of him scoring one of the great solo tries in a grand final, which has just been lost to history because they ended up getting smashed. Yeah, correct. Okay, next question comes from uh, Corey Goats. He asks, should some of the players' contracts be reduced and or torn up after posting multiple TikToks during isolation? <laughs> no, I, I, I encourage the TikToks. <laughs> I, I don't like the dancing ones. Just putting it out there, the white boy dancing. Here for the mean my- one. Yeah, tell you who's got good. I'll tell you who's got good TikTok game. My boy Alex Johnson. He can do everything. He can yeah, score tries and post good. funny TikTok. Yeah, yeah, his is good. It's been so, uneasy for me finding him entertaining. Me very uneasy. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Christopher Hay says if a miracle occurs and footy restarts, when or should Origin be held? And is and if it is, should it be three games? Uh the end of the season, please. And yeah, it can still be three games. Yeah, fair. Why not? Yeah, um, Why not? I mean, the the word of what happening for the season changes every day. It looks like we're going to get more games. Origin has to happen, though. Like, it is one of the guarantees of the season. For the season to come back, Origin is happening because it makes so much money. So it's happening. It's just, I, we can't avoid it. And I would, would be great. I would love, love for the NRL to not have an Origin in Queensland this year just to shit. And it's actually off. Idiot. Her Queensland team. God, I was so mad when she said that. My Queensland team. Ugh. I'm not going to risk my team. It's your team, is it, love? And but I said love, like an old sexist. <laughs> you did. That's all right. 
Oh, maybe, maybe. But yeah, also, if it's the start of the season, at least Kevin Walters will have an excuse for not actually picking any players that played in the last well in the last year. He just ignore form. But anyway, Dan Cullinane, who drinks more beers? Big Dick Vic post-grand final or Campo on the night rugby league returns? <laughs> I, I'm, not sure if, I'm not sure if he'll get that paralytic on the night rugby league returns, but the night we can go to the Aurora and drink shitty schooners all night, he might die. Yeah. I, I worry not for Campo. I worry for the breweries of Australia, for the fact that there's going to be an unprecedented rush on beer. Yeah, Kegs, I just feel sorry for my, my, my... I feel sorry for a good friend of the podcast, Edmund Smith, who hasn't been able to say day for it for about two months. And he's been he said that every day for the we, last we, seven years. We can't, we can't let people too far behind the curtain, but he is losing <laughs> his mind. Yeah. <laughs> for, uh, the worst part has been that they have absolutely been days for it. Like, man, the weather at the moment has been killing it, and I'm just looking out, like, waiting for my Go husband for to come run, back to the What's that? I don't understand. Oh, stop it. Do you run, Bunga? <laughs> no, no, mate. First time. <laughs> Fucking gross. Um, but yeah, you know you know, our good friend Eddie's losing it when he starts watching the Adam Sandler catalogue but doesn't stop at Jack and Jill. Watches through Jack and Jill. Wow. <laughs> wow, Eddie. Hey. He's, he's actually the only person to watch Sandy Wexler to completion. <laughs> That's it. Um, anyway, Matty McP's back. He says, watching the Warriors' first ever game, one of the commentators told the other two, Sit down or I'll bowl you an underarm. Oh, What's your go-to threat? That's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I'm not a threatening character at all, but I mean, my, if I am jokingly threatening someone, it's just that they're going to get these hands. That's that's really all I've you got. You are as soft as a cottage cheese, that one. my good sir. That's true. Uh, I'm going to wear you like a sock. You're going to wear you like a sock. I'm going to wear you like a sock. I used to like, I'm going to line you in chalk. Oh, that's good. That's so not bad. I like that. That's good. Yep, yeah. But I don't know. I just swear now. <laughs> Real original. Uh, Liam asks, is Daly Cherians the Queensland Mitchell Pierce? I mean, yes. Ooh, I like that. Yes. Yes, yes. I mean, I think I said that one a lot. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, good, good. Okay. I'm sorry for what I do to your last name here, Alex. Alex Sergiacomi. I don't know if that's it. Sergiacomi. I don't know. Somebody save me. Anyway, he's currently watching the Eels Dogs prelim. I don't have a question, but can we get some food who we love? Don't think there's been a choir quite like him since. Yeah, well, actually, it's funny that Alex mentions this because we did briefly discuss the other day doing a rewind on that Eels run of 2009 and basically like picking him out especially as being their standout player. Obviously, Hayne gets all the plaudits for that run, but if you watch it again, he was just a man possessed. And he was their best player in the grand final as well. He was, and he does some weird things, as Alex says, that front rowers just don't do. There's a couple of times in that run when he just picks up a loose ball, like a bad pass, and he's you know he's facing on directs when he picks it up, turns and then makes a line break, like just cracks the line. It doesn't happen for big fellas, but we have got another Patreon suggestion that I won't mention yet, but I'll let, I'll let you know that Fui is definitely getting a shout-out in the coming episode in the not-too-distant future. He, he was fantastic that season. Uh, Warwick Ahern, is there any component from any other professional sports league, i.e. Premier League, NFL... You'd love to see incorporated into rugby league. Yep, I've got a couple. Um, So, I mean, for me, the first and most obvious one is um, taking the NFL's MVP voting system Mm -hmm. for the Dally M. I think that's that's the way you've got to do it. Um, I would probably take... um, I'd look to mirror the Baseball Hall of Fame system rather than the Immortals as well. I think think baseball does that better than any other sport. Um, But in terms of on-field stuff... Um, not really. I think, I think 
largely the on-field product's pretty good. And I don't know if we have that much that we need to take. The only thing I would say is I would take the um, level of respect that players give referees in rugby union. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the, the rugby I, union thing, it just it, it frustrates me how <clears throat> we wonder as a code why, not just kids, but why people aren't continuing to be referees long-term. We've had, you know, probably five referees that we can remember off the top of our heads for the last 10 years. And we look at the way that we trade officials in the sport and then go, well, why don't these people want to continue with this job? And, you know, maybe that lack of mm. respect has something to do with it. Yeah. Uh, I've got, um, I've got go. something to take from the Premier League. Yep. People attending the games. Oh, that's good. That's good <laughs> shit, man. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Good stuff. You got uh, me, Dale? I would take baseball. I just give the players bats. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Next question. Harvey G says, if you're forced to be a contestant on Married at First Sight, who would you want least as a selector of your fake wife? The New, New South Wales selectors or Harvard Tony? Um, it's an interesting question. Uh, probably the New South Wales Origin selectors. Yeah, it's it's much more of a yeah. it's much more of a mixed bag with the New South Wales team. Yeah, who who would you want to to pick your uh to pick your wife to guide your proverbial penis? Jesus Christ! <laughs> when you put it like that. Uh, good question. Um, uh, I'll uh, mate, I'll I'll, I'll I'm, pick. I'm uh, trusting Ken Smith. I was going to say I'll take Craig Bellamy. <laughs> He just puts people in positions to succeed, Craig does. No, does sorry, Craig, Craig Wing picked Anthony Quinn for origin. We can't trust him. That's it. Uh, yeah. Oh, I've got one, actually. I've, I'll go Wayne Bennett because he, he just knows the right time to upgrade to a younger model. He just oh, knows. Oh, Jesus Christ. Shit, thank Jesus. <laughs> Are we good here? The next question. <laughs> Moving along. Uh, I mean, Liam's just T-board one up here. He's like, Lease. Favorite slash worst of the immortals. Well, obviously my least favorite's Andrew Johns, but I, I mean, there's been enough Andrew Johns hate that I can't be bothered taking part in it again right now. Have you guys got a, an immortal you don't like? No, uh, no. I mean, not for any reason that has to do with rugby league. Um, if I mean, if you were going to discuss who the least or most deserving is, I don't. I think that's a different argument to people just not liking Andrew Johns. I think if, mm. if any, I think. Probably the least deserving would be Arthur Beetson as a player, I think. Mm. But when you factor in the origin legacy and all that stuff, it's I, I get it. I get it 100%. But I think in terms of actual... I think in terms of their actual on-field like success, he's easily the worst of the Immortals. Thoughts? Yeah, look... Um, well, yeah, that's a fair point. It's a fair point. Yeah, look, for me, it's not... This is not even. This is why I don't agree with the Immortals concept anyway. They're put on a bit of a, pin, a, a pedestal, but they're a media construct from a paper. The the one, and it's not because I dislike him the most, but the Andrew Johns one and how it happened, it embarrassed him himself. It was like forced in to try and keep a paper relevant, more well, magazine relevant that was dying. He went in really quickly, and even Joe was embarrassed to go in that quickly. He shouldn't be an immortal just mere years after playing. Yeah, the the Beaton one is the Beaton one is fair, but I mean like. He only came to uh, only came to prominence south of the Tweed, kind of later in his career. I mean, obviously, I don't know a great deal about his career in 
playing in Queensland. Well, but like, no, no, no. So because he he played Origin for New South Wales way more times than he played for Queensland. Well, no, no, no. That wasn't Origin. He played the interstate series. Yeah, no, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> he only played Origin for those first two years. Dale. He played most of his career in New South Wales. Oh, fair point. I was going to say because I'm, I'm the point I was going to make was that if you if he played most of his games in in Queensland, then it would make more sense that people wouldn't understand why. It yeah, no, no, no. He played for Balmain and for the Roosters for ages. Yeah, fair point. Mm. Yeah, that's it. But I mean, he's obviously there for, as you said, yeah. more than just yeah. on-field reasons, and that yeah. is the, the he's being. Oh, first I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not in any way life. having a crack or saying he doesn't deserve to be mm. because his legacy just his legacy transcends rugby league. But if, mm. if the question was mm. in terms of pure their on-field impact, he had the least impact of any of the names on this list, and I don't think that's a controversial opinion. No. Okay. Anyway, next question. Uh, Bert Andrews says, if when Rapana returns to the NRL and doesn't sign with Canberra, which club does he sign for and why? Each, additionally, which club could use him the most? I mean, any any club could use the best winger in the comp, but I mm. think Seats makes the most sense because I go for them. You need more wingers. <laughs> <laughs> because I go for them. Well, no. I mean, I mean, there is the one glaring weak spot on that in that team at the moment is is that is that left wing position. So. Um, and I know he played on the right with Leilua, but I'm sure you could make it work. Yeah, I mean the lazy one is the one I've been saying for a while is him going to um him going to the Tigers and, and partnering up breaking breaking up the new relationship and partnering up with Joey again. Yeah. But in terms of teams that could use a winger, I mean it's a couple. That's for sure. That I think that the Dragons could use an actual quality winger. Yes. I, I know that. The Titans, I know he's not a winger. They just lost Callum Watkins, but they could use a winger and move Copley to the centres. They could definitely use a Rapana, and they have the money there now. I think there's a few options. Hmm. I just think he'd want to go to a team that has a chance of winning. So perhaps the Tigers, perhaps Souths, perhaps uh, a couple of other teams in there. But I can't see him going to a team like the Titans or anything. And just like because he, I mean, he can see the writing on the wall of how poorly they're doing already this year. Hmm. So. He did debut for the Titans, though. Who knows? I mean, I think whatever happens to him this year, if he comes back this year, it's like a it would only be signing for this season, you'd think. Oh, anyway. for sure. So and and I, I think I think so as well. And 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 um, yeah. And that is why I think he would only go to a contender. I mean, you know, let's not rule out the bloody Roosters doing it. Please God. You know, what I mean, I know, I, I know they've got, just signed uh, Josh Morris and Brett Morris to go back to the wing, but you know. They didn't stop them signing Brett Morris last year when they thought they had too many wingers in the first place then. Anyway, next question. We're going over to Twitter. And for those who are Patreon subscribers and you went to answer it on Twitter, I'm not going to bother filtering you out first. I'm sorry. Because, <laughs> like, and, and ask them on Patreon. Um, okay. I do lie. I will filter out Simos first because I know he's going to give me a sad, angry DM if I don't, uh, if I don't ask his questions first. Anyway, oh god, I just lost them. This is good filibustering. You're doing really well, buddy. I am. I just clicked the wrong button. I so uh, yeah. rugby league, hey? Okay, we're here. We're going to go from someone who's not Patreon for for, for the start. Sima, Simon underscore eel ninety seven. Our good friend Simon says Scott Prince kicking game alone is the underscore best halfback in twenty twenty. So just remove the rest of Scott Prince, and he's yeah. just the kicking yeah, yeah, game. Yeah. Uh, Fourth. Yeah, I mean, I've already I'd said have, this. I'd, I'd, have, got... I'd have Reynolds, Cherry Evans, and Pierce ahead of him. Oh, I'd say I think if he played in the NRL now, he has the best kicking game if he played there now. But yeah. and I think he'd be the best halfback in the NRL if he was at this time, 
at this time. But if I took the rest of his assets away and all he could do was kick, well, he'd just be a better Adam Reynolds. Excuse excuse me. Wherever Adam Reynolds sits, you put Prince above that. Uh, No, because Adam Reynolds is third and Scott Prince is fourth. So joke's on you. Okay, Simo, there you go. Sorry, Simo 393. Your team was playing another in the grand final and you are offered this deal. You win the GF, but you never beat them in a meaningful game for the next two decades. Do you take that or not? And will the Broncos ever beat the Storm again? I would take that, hands down. So would I. I mean, that's he's joking because that's exactly you, what happened to the Broncos. Do you know that? Do you know that you'll never beat them again? The the yes, you do know you'll never beat them again. If you beat them in that grand final, you'll never beat them in uh, a meaningful I, game I, again. You can uh, beat them. Uh, I'm not taking that deal. Oh, that could mean you could lose like five more grand finals to them. Actually, you're yeah, right. I'm saying point. no to that. But yeah, he's joking, obviously, about the Broncos' storm history. I mean, Brisbane, before that grand final win, I think there was a pretty even ledger between the teams. Mm. Anyway, since that 2006 grand final, Brisbane have beat them four times. It's been 16 years. <laughs> God. Then they've beat them, I think it's only once in Brisbane in that time. Yeah, so they have beat them at Suncourt once since that happened at three times in Melbourne. But that's, considering how often those two teams meet, and they've both been top teams that long time, that's a big dominant streak. Mm. Uh, next question comes from uh, good Joey's Goat. So Carlo, our, our uh, another subscriber on Patreon, he says, genuine question. You think players actually care about greatest of all time arguments? It feel it really feels like something that is just fans to get worked up over, or are some players truly playing for accolades to ensure a long lasting legacy and potentially remembered as the greatest. I don't think the players care so much about the greatest of all time arguments, but you'd be kidding yourself if you go out there if, if you think the players don't go out there to win trophies because that's really how we judge who is the greatest player of all mm. like I mean you can always have the argument of uh, X player won so many grand finals and X player never won a grand final but they were better but like great great players win games like and the logic yeah. therefore kind of follows that to be the greatest player you have to win a lot of games you know. I, so I, I don't think they all go into their careers came at being the greatest of all time because you have to get to a certain point there anyway. Yeah. But they all 100% give a shit about being the best. They all care. They're all competitors for a reason. And if you don't think they care, mate, there's a reason why you see players write on stupid, like, you know, guys like that Clarkie. He puts a top 20 up and players will comment on it because they're mad they're not on the top of some guy's list. Yeah. But they care. I mean, this bloody, this last stance documentary happening right now, Jordan can act like he doesn't care all he wants, but he released that stuff. You know, he's had that footage and he had to agree to release it to do the documentary. Didn't care until somebody felt kind of challenged. LeBron 2016, he released that footage. They, they all care about being rated as highly as possible yeah. as, as they can be by fan base. But yeah, I, I, I think okay. we're, all, we're all guilty of this. Like, I saw someone yesterday quote tweet a tweet about Greg Inglis's greatest tries saying, oh, Greg Inglis only ever ran it guys half his size and even though this was some idiot and the tweet had no likes and no retweets it still made me so angry that i couldn't sleep (laughs) but but i mean at the same time like like as you say like players players choose to engage like the social media thing players choose to engage there because not necessarily just because they're bored but obviously because it gets their rankles up but like i don't Mm. think that we i don't think the average footy player goes out there wanting to be the best but they definitely go out there wanting to be the best they can yeah that like you know, and, and if he's asking, so talking about the goat, so for example, like Cantuith gives a shit that he has those records, yeah. a million percent. And then if you want to try and act like Andrew Johns is humble, again, I don't want to. This is not attacking. You can go look at all the stories, mate. 
he fucking hates everyone else when he played as well. He hated every other halfback. He wanted to be better than all of them. He cares about it. He obviously happy go lucky in the public eye, but he gives a shit about being referenced like that. And, and well, of course he would. You'd like to be remembered as being the best in, in your profession. Mm. But yeah. Um, anyway, next question comes from Thought FB. Melbourne aside, which club do you trust to come back fittest and to come back fattest come May 28th? Uh, fittest would be the Chooks. Mm. Uh, fattest would be... Well, the Warriors have been in, not able to leave the house for the last three weeks. So... Yeah, that was going to be my thing I'd say, but it wasn't. I was trying not to be racial. No, like, <laughs> the everyone, like I mean, at least at least like league players here, at least people here can like go for a run. Like you mm. can go for a run in New Zealand, but you can't like go to the gym, and you can't. You know, a lot of them obviously will have stuff at home, but like you can't meet up with other people unless you specifically are going for a run. Like it's a lot stricter over there than it is here. Uh, although you can't go to KFC, mm. so no fast food <laughs> over there. Very true. Okay. Uh, next question comes from Warwick Ahern. With all the Quade Cooper, so all the talk of Quade Cooper having a childhood dream to play NRL this week, is there any union players you would have liked to have seen play rugby league? Yeah, I mean, apart from Quade Cooper, which was the obvious answer, basically any of those, any of those All Blacks backs from the mid two thousands, like Mar- um, Tana Umanga, um, Rocker Coco, Doug Howlett, any of those guys really yeah. would have been sick. And, and even, yeah, even not, like, yeah, terrifying man. Even like kind of wallabies of the early 2000s, like Steve Larkham and Joe Roth. And, you know, I mean, some of them did play rugby league. Um, Andrew Walker was one of them. But, you know, some of those players that were just out and out brilliant athletes who had come through the same pathways as players like Ricky Stewart, for example. Like George Gregan and Ricky Stewart went to school together from memory. Mm. Yeah, for me, my nonu was close. We all know going to Manly back in the day. I wish I would have loved to see him play. I would have loved to see Jonah Lomu play. And then also, I'll just put this one out there. I would, I would have loved to have seen Lottie Takiri not leave league. I think like Lottie left at a time where he was already near the best winger in the competition. Had that, you know, pretty much was the, the reason why Queensland won an Origin Series with his individual brilliance in, in 2002. And, uh, well, drew an Origin Series, sorry. But anyway, I wish he stayed longer than he did. Uh, okay, next question. Harvey G. He said, we didn't answer this last week, so we'll try again. Is this year's comp destiny one a lot of people put an asterisk against Ray whoever wins the competition? I don't think there's an asterisk because it's not like... Mm. I mean, I don't think there should be an asterisk in any competition, but like, it's not like a European football league where the season was 80% finished and they're sort of just like, might have to settle it by default. There's only been two games and everyone will come back on the same playing field. Yeah. So I don't know why there'd be an asterisk. My my other thing is there. I think that there will be, but I don't think that there should be. Like as I said earlier, we let's say everybody plays each other once. Well, let, let's say we get let's say we get twenty two rounds, for example. Like we may not, but let's say mm. we do. Like they had twenty two rounds back in the you know back in the eighties and eighties nineties two thousands. They had less time as like less games a season as they do now. Do, are those premierships? less warranted. I, I heard this talk in the AFL recently. I was having to talk to a, a friend of mine down there and people were saying, oh, do you think that there's still enough time to like vote for the Brownlow and stuff? Like, yeah, the teams have all got to still play like a whole season. It's not like they've mm. they've played 15 games and then they're like, oh, 
well, that's it. You know, we'll just call it now. As you say, like as as Matt says, it's, it's not like the football in, in Europe where they're 80% of the way through the season and now they're going to call it by default. Like, there's still a long way to go. We could be playing footy into November. Yeah, that's it, exactly. And uh, I know people, idiot fans will asterisk it, but they asterisk everything. <laughs> so it counts. And as you said, it's it's a very resilient premiership win if any team does win this, you know. Yeah. It's not ideal preparation for anybody. Yeah, as, as, the, uh, as the obelisk to the asterisk, over here with Super League Grand Final, I think it's it's good to hear that you won't be asterisking any any Premiership this year. I'm glad glad to hear that coming. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I asterisk those appropriate, obviously. Okay, <laughs> Maitland Mumbler, speaking of asterisking Premierships, he says asterisk years excluded. What is the best team of the NRL era to not win Premiership that season? Ah, uh, the 2001 Eels. Not close. Yeah, don't think he teed that up. Uh, yeah, <laughs> too easy. Uh, next question RCB Sharks what trivial cause would you would have you frothing at the mouth and protesting at state parliament solo <laughs> that's very good that's very funny uh, God dressed like that I don't think anything man alive his, uh, his, nah. his stylist needs help nah nothing nothing so what's he referencing here by the way Sam, Dale Sam Newman turning up to Victorian Newman, right? parliament yeah, yeah in, in his golf darts yeah. Yeah. No, look, Just, I was ready to do that when Queensland Cup got cancelled. I mean, I can't even... Who's the random guy I'm going to champion this year? Dean Gebby's gone already. I, who's my next guy? I'm genuinely sad about, like, there being no Reggies this year. Like, yeah, it's a bit of kind of a, a luxury. Luxury is the wrong word, but, you know, it's not it's not a necessity. But, man, like, 40 Hanson Park, like, is there anything better? I, it's in the top three things in life. Yeah. I'm... I wouldn't rule out if if everything changes in in Sydney, you know. I wouldn't rule out New South Wales Rugby League spinning up some formal competition for you know. If if everything if NRL runs well through June, they're not going to sit on their hands, in my opinion. No, and not do. Can something. we have a New South Wales Cup night series? That's all I ask. Can we, we'll play games at Wentworth Park while the dogs are on. You know. Yeah. Let's make it happen. Okay. Anyway, RCB Sharks. Who's more cooked? Gertie taking aim at board for not relocating, saying she counts of lucky whilst forgetting that he sat out the whole season due to a contract dispute, or Gus, who has all the answers for the Twitter hoard but simply chooses not to elaborate, elaborate, etc. Uh, the the man, the man is a is a goose. The the man, the go, goose, Gus is a goose. Let's let's just put it out there. <laughs> it's so funny when he does that. He's sending quote tweet someone to say, "I have the answers, but I, I choose not to not give, to them, give to them to you." To you. All right. <laughs> All right, mate. Yeah, that's what happened with my uni exams as well. I just chose not to write them down. Yeah, I think that's the one more cooked. But yeah, there is. It's always funny when I, when you hear a former player talk shit about certain situations that they did exactly the same things themselves. It's always the best. Mm. It's like when Benji for a while there was chatting shit about other people's contracts when he was on Fox Sports a few years ago, and it's like, mate. Are you kidding me? You you wore an Auckland Blues jersey on TV when you were a West Tiger. Very true. <laughs> Anyway, next question, Dane underscore anger. Which NRL player do you think thinks they could stop an event like 9-11, like Mark Wahlberg thought he could do? Did Mark Wahlberg think he could stop 9-11? So that's a reference that I don't get, but I like it. No, no, this isn't this... Yeah, this, yeah there's something something about this. I can't fully remember what he's talking about, but there was Mark Wahlberg was confident he would have stopped a terrorist attack from happening. 
Okay, I'm also Google Mark Wahlberg terrorist, but I'm worried it's going to bring up every movie. Boston Marathon, though. No, 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 it was 9-11. Yeah, he, he said something like, I wouldn't let a plane crash into... I would, I would have not let them hijack the plane. If I was on that plane with my kids, it wouldn't have went down like it did. Yeah, there mean, a lot of blood in the first class cabin and me saying, okay, we're going to land somewhere safely. Don't worry. <laughs> yes, Marky Mark. <laughs> oh. We certainly would have tried to do something to fight, he said. I've had probably over 50 dreams about it. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> a pipingly hot take from uh, from young Marky Mark there. Oh, you, okay, which player would do that? Who is that arrogant? Thinks they could do, I think Marty Tapao would think he could do that. Yeah. Yeah, Marty Tapao. Yeah. He'd, he'd be able to lift the plane. So, you know. Yeah. Oh, my God. Here's another one. This is a great article. Next quote. I don't get down with jerking off, dude. Look, I don't believe in everything that the church says. I try to do the right thing. I lead a clean and pure life. I'm a married guy. I have a beautiful wife. Sex is the most important. It's not the most important thing to me, being horny all the time. Spanking, I mean. It's not against the law. You can do whatever you want, and it's not like I should do it because of my faith. I'm just really not into it that much anyway. What? <laughs> what an interview. Talking about masturbation and stopping terrorism. The, the man the man has clearly lost it. Oh, God. That's great. Okay, next question. Westlife Pod. Your reliving of the 2010 semi between the Roosters and Tigers was fantastic, but my God, are uh, we Tigers fans sick of hearing about it since the lockdown? Hmm. And saying all that, just how good do you think Simon Dyer would have been? I think his floor was coming off the bench in origin. Yeah, it, just on the first point first, it's quite interesting when there's – you never really think about how fans of, like, the team on the other side of these iconic games feel and how annoying it must be to constantly, like, have to relive this. I talked I talk to my uncle about this the other day because he's, he's from England and he's a massive QPR fan. And I talked to him about, like, how do you feel that, like, the Aguero goal just constantly every, – every time there's a lull in, like, footy – and people are just rolling out old games and greatest moments. You have to say that Aguero goal a million times. And he was like, yeah, he kind, of, he kind of has mixed opinions on it because they ended up not getting relegated that day. And it also stopped Man United from winning a league. But at the same time, he was like, yeah, it's kind of annoying just having to see my team concede this goal a thousand times every 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 day. Yeah, because that, cause that game, that game specifically, if I remember correctly, when they, they it was 2-2 and they knew that they weren't going to go down. Like at that point, it wasn't like they rolled over because they knew they needed to win to guarantee safety. But as you say, like looking back on it as a QPR fan would just be, it would be a monumentally weird experience being like, well, that was kind of a thing that happened that was, Mm. was good and bad, but mostly bad. Yeah, well, I've got something I share with you on that. Anyway, I'm a Broncos fan, obviously, and now we're stuck with the, the 2015 grand final being relived in these moments as well. Now it's like, I've seen that Cole felt putting that ball down about 17 million times. Mm. It's terrible. But his actual question, I agree that Simon Dwyer's floor was coming off the bench in Origin. He was actually a decent chance of playing Origin in 2011 or 2012 when he got injured. He, he'd made his uh, City Country debut, which was still a thing at the time. And then he was in the, uh, the one of the Blues like uh, training squads. So he was a good shot of already playing. Okay, next question. Pat Lawrence, 26. Is you've got to get dressed to successfully work from home the greatest hoax since the moon landing? Yes. Oh, I haven't worn... Please. I've worn nothing but pyjamas and gym shorts for the past month. 
I mean, in fairness, that's your uniform, so. Yeah. No, but legitimately, if you're wearing jeans or trousers to like sit at your desk and work from home, you are a psychopath. <laughs> no. no, I put jeans on like every like once a week just to make sure I'm not really fat yet. Like, yeah, I put them on when I go to the house. That's about you, it. You know what else could help that, Mitchell? Going for a run. Do you run? <laughs> Does your wife run too? Do you have a wife? <laughs> Do you want to see photos of my dog? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um but I've been going for walks and everything too, obviously. But uh, yeah, I'll put the jeans on one, set, one day when I leave the house to like, just not feel like I'm wearing tracksuit pants. How close time. are you to like Karingo National Park and all that stuff? I'm pretty close to it, but it's closed. Oh, you can't even go for a walk in yeah, there? Yeah, the national parks are all closed. Oh, sad. Yeah, so it's really close to me. Like that's one, like a couple of weeks ago, you were like, yeah, we'll just go down to the national park and go for a bushwalk and nah, that I kind of don't know. Like, I know we're going off a little bit of a tangent here, but I'm sure people won't mind. But like I went to the... I think it was Good Friday. I was like, because Sydney Park's near our house, and I was like, "Yeah, look, we'll go." Um, like I'll go, I'll I'll run, and you walk Link there, and I'll meet you there, and then we can just like hang out at the park, like go take a real walk through the park, and then go home. And like I got to the park, and it was the busiest I've ever seen the park. Yeah. Like there was just disgusting amount of people there to the point where I was like, "This is not safe. I'm not coming back here again." So basically, now I just run around like the sort of like streets near my house at like 11 p.m. after I finish work instead because like there's just so many people at parks right now. It's just it cannot be safe. I I went to I, I wanted to go down to Watermola Beach just for, you know, just for a drive. So I drove through the national park and the road from what I if, if I remember correctly, the if I remember correctly, the the road to the so Watermola Beach is open, but the road to get down there is closed. So you drive through the national park, and you're driving through. I can't remember what the street, the the main road that goes through the national is, but you drive along, and then you get to the road where you turn off normally to go to Watermola Beach, and there's just dozens of cars parked on the side of the road, and people are just walking through to scrub to get to the road to to get to the road to walk down the beach. And I had the same thought. I was just like, surely there's got just just got to be cops at the other end of this road that are just going to book people and send them back or t- turn people around. But you know, this as you say, it's just like it, it's one of those things where it's like if there's nothing else to do, everybody does it. So clearly, a lot of people had the same idea as me, and we're just like, oh, maybe we'll just go down to Watermala Beach or whatever the the river the the night the weir is at, at uh, in the national park. But obviously, everybody had the same idea. But I, I remember driving through there and just being like, yeah, you know what? Maybe it's a good thing that I'm not going down there maybe it's maybe there are too many people okay anyway next question uh at gc underscore anthony he's a poor titans fan long-suffering titans fan he says boys why is the gold coast labeled a sporting graveyard the cowboys are considered a big club now but look how long it took them to get off the bottom meanwhile the titans did it in their second year dumb management and recruitment is the big issue not the gold coast itself so he's provided a screenshot here that you know in 2009, the Titans finished third. They made a prelim in 2010. They were born in 2007. And as we know, it took the took the Cowboys, I think, not like 10 seasons to, to make the finals. Sounds familiar. Um, I, well, it's, people don't label the Gold Coast Titans a sporting graveyard. They label the Gold Coast a sporting graveyard because in like pretty much all of Australian sporting history, nothing good. No, one, no team has gone there and won shit. No, correct. Or being a raging success on off the field. The Titans are not the worst club in terms of, you know, attendances and whatever on off the field, but they're not they're not being a raging success. No, and not just that, but like the as you say, the point is not necessarily just about um about the Titans. Like you have to remember that there were the Seagulls and the Giants um before them. And 
and those teams didn't do particularly well. Like to the point where I know that obviously it's, it's we're talking cross codes, but like the Suns may as well not exist. Like mm. the the Brisbane Bears played at Carrara in their early years um, because it was and I like a, a cricket ground that was big enough to put a team in, but like no, I don't. I'm well. I mean no. Gold Coast based team has won a national competition, so that's it, mate. It's it's a transient place. Like it's not it's not a mock on, um, it's not a mock on the Gold Coast itself. But like it's the same reason that people t- talk shit about Canberra. Like it's a transient place. Mm. People don't generally speaking. People who were born on the Gold Coast will leave, and people who weren't born on the Gold Coast will visit. It's it's a retirement paradise for old Victorians who think it's too cold in Melbourne mm-hmm. and people in Brisbane who want to get away from the big city. Like I know it's a city of a million people, but people who were born there leave and people who weren't born there go there. It's a transient city. Like, and, yeah, that, and again, that's yeah. not a mock on the place. It's just a fact. And I mean, as you talk about graveyards there, and I know Anthony's probably seen this, knows this list himself, but in terms of the teams that have gone there and died or left, as you said, Brisbane Bears have been there. The Gold Coast Giants were there, the you know the, the Giants from from league and the Gold Coast Seagulls. Yep. That club folded, and they had the Gold Coast Gladiators. It lasted one preseason. They didn't get an ARL license. Yep. Then there was the Gold Coast Chargers that folded. Uh, they had in the MBL. They had t- they've had two teams, I think. What is it? The the Cougars or the Rollers? Yeah, they had two. They had one team in like the eighties, and then folded. one team in the mid nineties, if I remember yep. correctly. Yeah, they had the Gold Coast, like there was a blaze, like four, four, few years ago. Then Gold Coast United, and then there was also the ARU team that was over there, the Rugby Championship yeah. team over there. That's a lot of dead teams to be left with just the Titans and the Suns, and the Suns are probably the worst professional sporting organization in Australian sport. And they probably won't exist at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, and they've been getting leg ups every. Season. Like, that's it, I think it's fair to call the Gold Coast a sporting graveyard without calling the Titans a dead team. Yeah, I think that's fair. And as I said, I mean, like, the, the big difference with North Queensland is that to the best of their ability, they have tried to make themselves not a team in North Queensland. They have tried to make themselves North Queensland's team. And that's through, you know, obviously it's a much larger geographical organisation, but people from up there, like you hear people like Matt Canavan talk about wanting to close North Queensland because people consider North Queensland to be an independent part of Australia. It's a different mm. part to Queensland. It's a different part of the world. If you're from North Queensland, it's just, it's the same as being a Queenslander. You know, it's, it, you're different. You're bred differently. You think of yourself differently. You don't consider yourself, you know, like any other state. People from North Queensland think of themselves differently and they, that is reflected in the support of their rugby league team. Let's see it. Um, anyway, next question. Good question, Anthony. Yeah, fair. Uh, Booners. <laughs> Booners05 says, who will be the next great New South Wales and Australian halfback? Cleary, Brooks, Moses, or Lachlan Lewis? Well, Lachlan Lewis is a Queenslander, so rule that out. Yeah, so, so that's Cleary, Brooks, or Moses? <laughs> uh, I, I hate to say it, but I think it'll be Cleary just because like, he gets a bit of a leg up media-wise. But like, yeah. I think that Moses is a better player. I, Brooks is my favourite of the three, yeah. but I think opportunity was not coming his way. He's done the pecking order of opportunity there. So, yeah, I'm with you on that in sense. I think Cleary and Moses have a better run an opportunity to take but that. Brooks is also going throne. to be one of these players who's going to be like 30, and because he has a weird head, he's still going to look like 21. <laughs> he's also going to sneak in that throw club when no one yeah, notices. And, and, he, and he won't, like, he'll probably still be at the Tigers and, you know... the. the he won't get the little banner that they all get because it's it's Luke Brooks and everybody's forgotten that he's there, but he's somehow club captain. Yeah, exactly right. Any thoughts, Bungers? 
No, nah, that's fine. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, two more, uh, three more questions here. First one comes from League God six nine two. He says, hypothetical option one: your team plays great, attractive football all year, year loses two to three games. However, you know in advance that they will indeed choke and lose the grand final. Or option two: your team is like post Barber Desi Dogs, grinding their way to six, but have a two percent chance of winning the premiership. So I'm guessing which one do you prefer? Oh, the answer is the second one. Yes, have a chance of winning the bloody hundred yeah. percent. I care. I care if I care if other teams are entertaining or not. But if it's my own team, I just want to win. Yeah, that's entertaining to me. My team winning. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Like, I mean, ask ask uh, ra- ask a Raiders fan for the last twenty five years. Like, they have there have been some teams that have like been like Raiders teams that have played just some fucking exceptionally hot footy. There have been some Raiders mm. teams that have played some exceptionally shit footy. But, you know, there have been some hot Raiders teams to watch. Like that 2016 team, my God, last year, they were the hottest thing in sport. But they didn't they, – they lost in the, in, the, in the big dance, you know. And obviously they lost that prelim in 2016. But, like, if, if you're going to give me four hit-ups, a kick to the corner and three tries a game, oh, and also you're going to win the, on the first weekend in October – Fuck yes, I'll take it. I don't, I don't care if my team wins eight four every week as long as we get a trophy at the end of the year. They don't paint <laughs> pictures. Mate. They don't paint pictures on the scoreboard, man. They don't. No, okay. They don't. Uh, <laughs> next question comes from Tyhr Blue. He says, "Top five most disrespected players in rugby league history." So his first three listed. He said Prince Bowen. Who else? Bowen is a great shout. He was like, what's that? That. It, it, the the intercept that you posted from the fucking origin game, like the vision to yeah. see the the vision to see the try, to execute the play, and then just like celebrating halfway to the line, like a massive fucking, mm. a massively disrespected. Yeah, I mean those two are great picks because I think they're both you know any other time they play a lot more at football than they do, and in the same vein, the next one I'll nominate is Brett Stewart. Yep. I think we've covered this before, but he's a great player who just didn't fall right for him in terms of his windows to play for the Blues. Kind of hasn't got the rep, uh, I don't know, the rep appearances he should have. Yeah, Bungo, I, have, you got... I have a clear number one for this. Um, yep. Brett Sherwin. Ugh. That, that, like, that's, that's a fair <laughs> enough point. That's a fair Brett enough Brett Sherwin had the ball on a string. He was Adam Reynolds before it was cool, and he just never got the plaudits he deserves. Him and Anasta even now remain one of the winningest halves combinations of all time. Yeah. Um, yes, that he went to absolute piss when he didn't have the forward pack anymore. Uh, and so, I, I, I mean, mate, Pep Guardiola only manages like teams that are already good. Sometimes guys are better at driving Ferraris than they are at driving Fiat. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, I mean, I'm, I understand in rugby league it's much easier to be a halfback behind a good pack. We all know this, but it's more so in terms of like, one of the greats. Uh, he probably should have had an origin game. That's a damn sure Sherwin. But again, when he caught, probably could have ascended to being the Blues halfback in, in 2007, he was pretty much out of the league. From that yeah, onwards. he really fell off a cliff quite quickly. Another one for me is Isaac Luke. You guys all know how I feel about Isaac Luke. Yes. And I think there was a long period of time where he was at absolute worst the third best hooker in the comp and he just never got enough, never got anywhere near the plaudits that Smith or Farrah got. Uh, one for that me. That to being a Kiwi. Yeah, sorry. It comes to being a Kiwi. Oh, that's oh yeah, hundred percent. Hmm. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. It's, it's, it goes back to Stacey Jones, who we talked about before. It's the same sort of thing. Um, 
But I would have thought at least, given that he was at a sort of big club in Sydney, making the finals most years towards the back half of his career, that he would have got a bit more love from the general punters, but not really. Fair. Mm. Uh, My one was going to be Lance Thompson. Uh, God rest his soul. Uh, One of my favourite players and a player who gave 1,000% every game and played precisely zero origin games. Got five caps for City. Good for you. Yeah, but it, it is those guys who just sit right behind that position of like if someone just someone in the wrong era. Hey, like you said, Lance Thompson was an era of a lot of back rollers yeah. for the Blues. There's a lot of quality back rollers at that time as well. Mm. That's it. Okay, good question, Mitch. There and uh, two more. So in a similar vein to Mitch's question, just then, Aaron Lucas asks, "Who would be your top five misunderstood players? How would I, how will we separate that one out?" Uh, players, players where something went wrong for them or not necessarily in, I don't know. injury-wise. That's a tough one. I think we might have to come back to that one. I want to think on that one. I like the, I like the premise of the question. Yeah, if you can if you can clarify what you misunderstood to us in terms of their reputation being applied wrong to them or what we think of them off the field or on the field, let me know. But I'll give you one misunderstood person. Is JWH Rhea Hargreaves is actually one of the best best people in league in terms of best blokes in league. I'm not going to tell other people stories for them, but I just know he's one of those guys that if you meet him once, he'll remember your name eight years down the track, kind of guy, and approach you as a nobody, not you're not as a player. He's one of those guys who makes a real effort off the field. There's a reason why he's in a club. The Roosters are happy to turn over a lot of you know players or for, and talent. There's a reason why he's been one of the constants there, and it's not just his on-field ability. Yeah, okay. I think that's fair. Um, misunderstood is such a broad... Yeah, yeah, it's a good one, though. We'll, we'll come back to it. I, I want to think on that one. That's good. Yeah, this, yeah, clarify what you want from us and we'll answer it for you. Um, okay. Simple man, we need directions. We do. There's obviously a few um, a few questions about Toddy G. We're not going to bother answering now because we've already obviously already touched them. But there is one one good question about Todd Greenberg here. And it's uh, essentially comes about from our good friend uh, again, Joey is goat, good Carlo asking us, is it Ben Hunt's fault? Yes, I mean, <laughs> look, where's the evidence to say that it's not? That's all I've got to say. Yeah, it's, 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 he said, is Darren Lockie still correct that it's actually Ben Hunt's fault? It definitely is. I do feel like Todd Greenberg could take Ben Hunt to court. <laughs> I, do, I do feel like he could. Defamation of character yeah, of some script. He should. He should look into it. Yeah. Okay. That's all the questions. You guys got anything you want to cover? Uh, no, no um, fantastic. I hope everyone's staying safe and not going too stir crazy. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. And just before we go, shout out to the guys on Patreon. Our, uh, our, I think it's Boom Rookie tier subscribers who are, you know, essentially producers of this show. They give us the ideas to come on here and uh, and give you guys good rugby league discussion. Anyway, it's Carlo Tyson, Dan Cullinane, Wayne Ritchie, Ty, Jason, Roxanne Clarks. Simo Ali, Matty McPherson, our good friend Dave, Scott Finlayson, Chris Avnell, Tom Hardy, and Warwick Ahern. Thanks, guys, for uh, for putting your money where your mouth is and supporting the podcast. Yeah, thanks for the thanks for the support, guys. Very much appreciated. Well, I think that uh, that wraps it up for this week. Another another fun episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, well, I hope you guys enjoyed yourselves, and everyone listening. I hope you had a great time as well. Uh, say goodbye, Dale. Goodbye, Dale. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. (laughs) And it's goodbye from me.